Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time around. Tonight we're going to focus on the myriad demo tapes the Beatles recorded during their career in the second of a multi-part series. Although the first two short fragments aren't truly demos, they are the first recordings of John Lennon, made on the day he met Paul, July 6, 1957. He sang Lonnie Donegan's Put It On The Style and Elvis Presley's Baby Let's Play House, backed by his band The Quarrymen. Lennon would appropriate the line, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man, from Presley's song, written by Arthur Gunter, for 1965's Run For Your Life. Although Lennon is only 16, he sounds exactly like John Lennon. His voice drips with attitude, and although he was never fond of his own voice, his performance exudes a confidence that would never be expected from a teenager. spring of 1960, the Quarrymen were in the midst of transforming into the Beatles and recorded a few original songs and some extremely long instrumental jams. There are many theories as to where and when the songs were recorded, with claims of the Liverpool College of Art, where John Lennon and Stuart Sutcliffe were students, the Jacaranda Club run by their first manager Alan Williams, somewhere in Hamburg, or possibly the apartments of Lennon or Sutcliffe, who had just joined the group in early 1960. On November 3, 1994, in an interview with Mark Lewison, released on the Anthology CD, Paul recalled, Sometimes I'd borrow a tape recorder, a Grundig with a little green eye, and we'd sort of go round to my house and try and record little things. 
But those were very much home demos, very bad quality. But I think a couple of those still exist. The Grundig was lent to McCartney by brothers Charles and Reginald Hodgson, who lived around the corner from him in Allerton. McCartney stated that these early recordings were made in the bathroom of his home during a school break in April 1960, but the dates have varied from late 1959 to late 1960. The majority of the recordings feature Lennon, McCartney, Harrison, and Sutcliffe, with occasional percussion from McCartney's brother Mike. Interestingly, the same month of McCartney's interview, Reginald discovered the tape recorder along with a reel of tape in his mother's attic after she passed away. The tape reportedly included three songs from a tape that Sutcliffe had given to his fiancée Astrid Kirscher of the first recording session, 11 songs from sessions from the summer of 1960, commonly referred to as the Braun tape, and three songs that have never appeared on any release, legal or otherwise, When I'm 64, the instrumental Winston's Walk, and an early version of Ask Me Why. We'll continue with a song that has been credited as both Johnny Johnny and I Don't Know, which features some hardly decipherable lyrics sung by McCartney, joined by Lennon. We'll follow with what's been called I Don't Need a Cigarette Boy, which again has McCartney on vocals, delivered in a bluesy, relaxed manner. The song also includes a few altered chords over what is essentially a 12-bar blues.
these early sessions, the Beatles recorded numerous instrumentals, mostly meandering blues-based songs that didn't really go anywhere. We're not going to go overboard with too many of these tracks, but we will play one short one, often listed as Turn the Mixers Off. Thank you. 
few months later, they reconvened for additional recording, and the results were more successful. We'll hear two songs from these sessions that would be recorded by the Beatles for official release. The first, Matchbox, a 1956 Carl Perkins B-side, was performed by the Beatles in Hamburg in 1961 with drummer Pete Best handling the vocals. Lennon initially took over vocal duties once Starr joined the group, but by the time they recorded it in July of 1963 for the BBC program Pop Go the Beatles, Starr was the lead vocalist. It was recorded for the Long Tall Sally EP in the UK and released on the Capitol album Something New in the US. It was also released as a Capitol single on August 24, 1964, which reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and peaked at number 6 on the Canadian Chum Hit Parade chart. We'll follow with One After 909. The group would tackle the song again in late 1962 during a rehearsal at the Cavern Club. They also recorded it on March 5, 1963, during the same session that produced their third single, From Me to You and its B-side, Thank You Girl. But that version wouldn't find official release until the Beatles Anthology 1. They would finally record a version on the rooftop of Apple on January 30, 1969, that would find official release on the Let It Be album the following year.
We're going to continue with That's When Your Heartaches Begin, a 1957 Elvis Presley B-side recorded earlier by the vocal group The Ink Spots. Features McCartney's over-the-top Elvis impression. Lennon takes over the vocals for the 1929 ballad I Will Always Be In Love With You. When the song was first released, it was featured in two musical films, Stepping High and Syncopation, and became a top ten hit for two acts in that year. Fred Waring's Pennsylvanians, whose definitive version climbed to number three, and tenor Morton Downey, whose rendition reached number nine. Some suggest they were influenced by Fats Domino's take on the song, but since his wasn't released until January of 61, it makes it impossible. It's more likely that they learned it via pop crooner Michael Holliday's version, released in 1958.
Next up, a cover of Hallelujah, I Love Her So, which was based on Eddie Cochran's take rather than the original by Ray Charles, his debut single from 1956. It would remain in the group's repertoire, sung by McCartney, for quite a while and was recorded at the Star Club in Hamburg, Germany on December 31, 1962. Next up, another original, You'll Be Mine. The vocal arrangement is quite campy and features an exaggerated, corny baritone solo in the verse, a backing falsetto vocal starting in the second verse, as well as a spoken overdub during the bridge. The Beatles went way back for the next song, The World is Waiting for the Sunrise, which was originally published in 1919, although they based their version on Les Paul and Mary Ford's 1951 release, one of the first recordings to feature distorted guitar. We'll close this part of the show with a medley of two Dwayne Eddy covers, Movin' and Groovin', and a short version of Ramrod. Harrison was a huge fan of Eddie, and while it's hard to praise the lead guitar work on many of these early tapes, he does show that he's on his way to becoming an accomplished lead guitarist, sprinkling his performance with twangy licks and Chuck Berry-ish riffs.
to your eye And I could see a national health eyeball And I loved you Like I've never done Like I've never done before
we're back with part two of the demo sessions. We're going to fast forward to 1963 and two untitled instrumentals. The first has a bluesy Chuck Berry type of feel, but with a few altered chord changes. The second is far jazzier and shows that the Beatles were always trying to incorporate new sounds into their music. By the chord choices and playing style, it is most probably McCartney on both of these recordings. We'll follow with an instrumental version of Three Coins and a Fountain, a movie theme that had been a hit for the Four Aces in 1954. Sounds like the same guitarist, and some of the jazz voicings are quite impressive, even though the guitar is slightly out of tune. Thank you. 
going to close the show tonight with a rather strange set of recordings. Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison recorded a song entitled Rockin' and Rollin', but it's not the song that is curious, simply a 12-bar blues. What is interesting is they performed some rudimentary overdubs by first recording a backing track, then playing the track on one recorder while recording on another, adding more guitar and horn. It sounds like Ringo can be heard saying, okay, we're going, before they start the overdubs. They then played the original version without the horn or extra guitar, while Harrison added some corny 50s-style lead vocals, along with Lennon and McCartney's campy backing. At some point in the future, a mix was made incorporating all of the overdubs, and we'll hear that mix last. Enjoy. Thank you. 
I'm Anthony Rebostelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and you've been listening to Part 2 of the demo sessions on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Tune in each Sunday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear more deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, solo tracks, live cuts, demo recordings, and much more. You could like the Facebook page for I Want to Tell You, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Shady Bear B-K-L-Y-N. You can pick up the book at Amazon or for a signed copy at thebeatlesIWantToTellYou.com. You can also listen to past episodes as podcasts on the website as well. See you next week.